0: Welcome to Slug's bi-weekly Slug Soundwaves podcast. Here, in our print mag, and on slugmag.com, enjoy our curated content that highlights the best of Utah's alternative and underrepresented music, arts, events, and community subcultures. If Slug has benefited you or someone you love, consider contributing to sustain our existence. Head to slugmag.com slash donate to join our community of donors. KRCL was founded in 1979 to bring a more diverse voice to Salt Lake City and surrounding areas. KRCL is community-funded and supported, which allows diverse commercial-free programming that varies from indie to hip-hop, blues to bluegrass, metal, punk, indigenous, and bilingual programs. And every weekday at 6 p.m., KRCL's Radioactive brings you grassroots activism and civic engagement with punk rock farming and live local music on Fridays. Tune into KRCL at 90.9 FM, stream at krcl.org, or download the app on the App Store.
1: Sangam is a project that is supported by an individual artist career empowerment grant from 2022 of the Salt Lake City Arts Council. This grant was made to Jyotsna Sainath, a Bharatanatyam dance artist based in Salt Lake City, who is producing Sangam in collaboration with Nityanritya Foundation, which is also a Salt Lake City based nonprofit. Shhh! Are you listening? This is Slug Soundwaves. Hi, I'm Jyotsna Sainath. I'm a Bharatanatyam dance artist based in Salt Lake City. I'm associated with a non-profit called as the Nithyan Nutya Foundation, which is a, a, whose mission is to uh, bring Indian classical dance and music presentations to the valley.
2: Um, I'm Wachira wagwa um, I'm a percussionist I do a lot of work with dancers. I work for the dance department at the University of Utah. Yeah, I compose a little bit too, and that's about it.
1: We are going to be talking about an upcoming production called Sangam today. Sangam is being collaboratively put together by Nityanritya Foundation, which is a local nonprofit. I'm a Bharatanatyam dance artist. So, Bharatanatyam is a is a genre of uh, classical dance that comes from the south of India. There are eight different classical dance forms that stem from India, uh, and Bharatanatyam is one of the better known ones across the world. And a lot of the themes that Bharatanatyam traditional Bharatanatyam presentations are built around are themes that are very familiar or very rooted in the in the scriptures or in the literature associated with India. So, uh, Hindu scriptures, literature, local to India. It is a little bit hard for a lay person who is not familiar with the cultural context to immediately be able to, uh, to understand what's going on in a Bharatanatyam presentation. So it just seems like a lot of color and music and the level of understanding doesn't get a chance to go deeper than that. Given my personal circumstances, this is just a personal statement that given my circumstances as the practitioner of a form which which is built on these traditional themes who simultaneously lives in a different milieu where these themes are not easy to access for a lay audience person, I've been trying to tailor my work to figure out how I can connect with the audience better in order to present things which are more easy, easily accessible. At the end of the day, all cultures are saying pretty much the same thing, but it's just all those many layers that you need to get past before you figure out that it's really the same thing that everybody's saying. Some of my most more recent work is, is geared towards that, to try to break that, break all those layers and try to uh, try to make what we do more accessible to anybody.
2: grew up dancing and I grew up playing music, so I've always kind of been part of that. And what Josno is saying is that the art form that she practices isn't as well known here. The music that I usually make is for modern dance. There's a lot more of a modern dance presence here, but even though there is, it's not universally consumed by everyone and it's not universally understood. There's a, a dance community here. but. There's a much wider group of people who have probably never been to a dance concert, or if they ever have, they might not have felt like they fully understood it. I play music for dance because I like the the way the two art forms interact. It's really fulfilling for me, but I would like the audience to also have the same sense of fulfillment from the experience.
1: The word Sangam uh, literally means a confluence in Sanskrit. I was just trying to build a production that um, uh, reflects that in spirit, but based, or maybe I should say that it it is the other way around that I use the word Sangam to describe the production just because what we are doing is also a confluence of sorts. First of all, this, this project is supported by Salt Lake City Arts Council's individual artist empowerment grant from twenty twenty two which I was very honored to be one of the recipients in that cohort. there were there are several aspects to Sang- to the entire Sangam project, one of which is to engage with students in West High try to get them uh, involved in Bharatanatyam to try to teach uh, some of the language of this uh, movement style but the the other aspect was to build a presentation that we could present which anybody could relate to, again coming back to the same theme and so in order to do that I constructed a story out of four existing animal fables, two of which come from from some Sanskrit texts which have been around for a really long time, almost 2000 years. One of them is an Aesop fable and the fourth one is a Native American fable. And to reiterate what I was saying earlier, a lot of these fables, though they come from different uh, uh, cultures, they're really all saying things which are very similar. Uh, So I was able to string together all of these into one long production. And we are presenting these stories through the movement language of Bharatanatyam. That's one thing. But the sounds for this production really come from uh, different cultures. Wachira and I have uh, collaborated in the past and uh, on different on some other projects using West African drums and a variety of instruments. Actually, what we did in the past was you know little snippets of five to six minute short films. Can we string a full production by bringing together these different musical elements? Uh, from my perspective, I think it was a tremendous success in terms of the music. Uh, I think the music is great. Wachira brings in uh, so many inputs in terms of uh, the music, which uh, I should let him talk about it. And then there's also Nino Rios, who's a flu- Native American flute player, who's part of the ensemble. He's bringing in a big big melodic component. We also have voice components from India, one Hindustani musician and a Carnatic musician. We also have a very accomplished percussionist, uh, Debanjan Patacharji, who's primarily a tabla player. You know, tabla is a drum set from the north of India. Uh, which is a usual accompaniment for Hindustani music. He will be playing the tabla as well as the pakkavaj, which is a two-sided hand drum, also from the north of India. So all these elements, I think they've just come together to create really great music. A collaboration somehow has to be bigger than the sum of its parts. And I think we got it with the music.
2: What I'm most familiar with is music of West Africa and and the African diaspora, so Cuba and Brazil and Dominican Republic, and we just kind of think of counting differently. Like she said, this is based on different stories, right? And there's animals involved in the stories. There's a bat, and so for me, I'm just like looking around all the instruments I have, like what would sound like a bunch of bats flapping their wings and the first, you know, the thing... That I thought of was just maracas, which is like a specific type of maraca from Venezuela called horopo maracas. So I don't know, a lot of it is just kind of trying to think of the quality of sound that represents best the scene that we're trying to present. There's a, a hunter character, and for that I'm using some really deep bass drums that are, originate from Turkey, the devil that was Justin's idea actually she said that she just wanted like a, a lower sound for that and so i was like okay what do i have so it was a combination of what of what we have available instrumentation wise and what and what we're going for in terms of what we're trying to convey in <clears throat> each scene
1: native american flute at least to me just sounds really meditative like as if it's it's really evocative of being one with nature somehow you you can place the music in natural surroundings. Some of the music that we perform to with Carnatic music, Carnatic music can be both fast paced as well as slow. And uh, it could also be meditative, depending on the rag that you pick and depending on the composition that you pick, it could be uh, one or the other. And similarly with Hindustani music, given these melodic components, we were wondering how we could juxtapose the Native American flute with the voice components which are basically trained in, in raga music. Uh, Nino uh, did mention ahead of time that, you know, or uh, the nature of the music system with uh, that he plays is has this quality and somehow we did want to retain that quality in the production and not or, or not sort of represent the Native American flute in a way that did not reflect its tradition. There were some interesting conversations about how to, the Native American flute could be played with an Indian raga and the two of them would be harmonious. These types of flutes are mainly pentatonic but ragas can have different numbers of notes and so it It was interesting to sort of figure out a raga which reflected the mood of what was being conveyed and then to have both the vocalist as well as uh, nino figure out how they could each perform together in a way that is true to their own traditions but still the end product is uh, sounds harmonious so in terms of what the dancing is trying to convey so all indian dance forms have both a pure vocabulary or pure technique which is just an expression of joy and can be choreographed in a way to establish a certain mood in an abstract way but it's really uh just technique you know there's also this other aspect of dance which is the storytelling vocabulary so a lot of the indian art forms were historically used to tell stories they were the primary medium of entertainment for in the courts and in the temples where people used to gather. They were used primarily as a means of communicating uh, stories that was, were valuable to society. And because of this, we have, we have a very literal mime-like dance technique this mime-like dance technique can be either very stylized or very colloquial. And the colloquial version of it is what would be most accessible to someone who's not familiar with the technique in Bharatanatyam. Because, you know, the colloquial version is, has the freedom to bring in movements where, which are just from body language of people, You know, like you're, you know, when people are communicating with each other then uh, a version of that body language gets translated into the colloquial technique. We're also interspersing it with pure technique in order to establish a certain mood. So, um, uh, so Vajira was talking about this hunter sequence where, where there's this happy, gleeful dance of a couple of hunters. And so we do use pure technique of Bharatanatyam. So that's what the dancing brings in. And because of this colloquial versus the stylized version, I think it gives us a lot of freedom to be able to choreograph things in a way that you're able to convey what your what what your intent is much more easily to any audience member, you know, immaterial of their level of exposure to um, the Indian arts.
2: It reminds me of opera a little bit. You have your arias and you have your recitative. The recitative is more like the talky port like sing song talky portion and the aria is the actual song right if you can correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like you're going back and forth between more of like a dialogue to like an actual dance section and then more Miami type stuff and then you know does that seem like a fair
1: comparison yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I know this is not done with modern dance, that um, with modern technique, that you actually express things with your face and you're, you have a literal uh, vocabulary to convey things that you're trying to say. There is some intent in what modern dancers also want to say, but it's under lot of, lots of layers of ab- abstraction. Uh, there is a general perception that classical things tend to be boring, mainly because it... it, uh, it requires some amount of exposure to the art form before you're able to appreciate what's going on on stage. My attempt through this production is to try to uh, try to present a classical form in to be able to entertain without having that requirement that people are familiar with your form in order to appreciate it. So hopefully, it's my hope, let's say, that it won't be boring, but uh, we'll see. Keeping fingers crossed. This is a section of jambe music played by Wachita, uh, composed and played by Wachita, which we're using as part of the Sangam production. Sangam will be performed at Jenny Wagner on 30th of April between 4.30 and 6.30 p.m. The uh, performance is going to be preceded by a pre-show talk and uh, tickets are available at Artics and uh, more information about the production at nityanitya.com, which is N-I-T-Y-A, N-R-I-T-Y-A.com.
2: If you enjoyed this episode of Soundwaves, please take 60 seconds to rate and review us on
0: iTunes. The Living Traditions Festival is happening this year on May 19th to the 21st on Washington and Library Square. The festival supports the diverse artistic traditions and perspectives through the presentation of both historical and contemporary customs. Come enjoy the diverse multicultural offerings of food, performances, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. Admission is free for all event attendees. For more information, please visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or follow SLC Living Trad on Instagram and Facebook. Did you enjoy this episode of Slug Soundwaves? You and the local community can continue to enjoy Slug Mag's content for free, but please consider making a one-time or ongoing contribution. Each contribution, no matter the amount, helps support Slug's creation of thoughtful media coverage on SLC's music, arts, events, and community subcultures. Head over to slugmag.com donate to make your contribution today.